Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Stephen here. What we're doing now is known in the trade as a pod drop. This is a chance to hear my recent interview with comedian Rich Wilson on his excellent podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Seek out Insane in the Membrane and enjoy it over Christmas. And let's talk about the husband is back in the new year. Insane in the Membrane. Is this the thing, by the way? Yes, it is. I'll give... is it, oh, mate? great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give proper answers to things now. <laughs> uh... I meant to say, because there's no, there's no big introduction. We just do it. Oh, great. Love that for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do worry about my weight all the time. Um... Only because I do think we're a, a very shallow society. Yeah. Who gets thousands of Instagram likes on Facebook? Men that are shirtless with six packs. Mm. That's who. Not someone that's just got a little chippy tippy go chippy titty going on. <laughs> I know what you mean. I tell you what though, I've been watching a guy as a as a personal trainer dude called James Smith. Oh yeah. And he's brilliant. You should have a look at him, because he just he just doesn't fuck about. He's like, look. It's all about calories in, calories out. If you're going to, he goes, you can have biscuits all day long, but it's still, a, it's not healthy. He said, but if the, if it's more than the calories, then you burn off, you're going to be fat. So, you know, just watch your calories. That's all he says. He goes, you can't, you can do all the exercise in the world. You go to the gym every day, but it's not going to burn off the fat. And you know. also, I must say, now I'm in my 30s, it is a health thing as well. It used to be a vanity project, don't mm. get me wrong. But now it is a health thing. Like, I don't know about you during the lockdown, but I just sat and got fat. I didn't do anything productive. Oh, I put you. on two and a half stone. I just ate Kinder Bueno. Because we did that thing, be like, there's nothing to do apart from cook <laughs> and bake and pop to the shop. Yeah. So you cook your breakfast, you're having a proper breakfast, then never eat breakfast. Then we bake a cake. Then you'd have like, we were making like burgers from scratch. Yeah. Then we're having a bit of the cake we've made. Then we've bought dessert because we fancy a bit of dessert. We're living through a global crisis. We deserve it. But like my boyfriend, he'd exercise every day. And I was like, I'm not doing exercise on Zoom. What a loser. <laughs> um, so I was just getting fatter and fatter and fatter. But then it does cause health issues. Yeah. Like, because I had, something went wrong with my gallbladder. So they're whipping that out soon. Well, you're kidding. Yeah. And that was because of, <laughs> but I think it's yeah like you say because we didn't we couldn't go really go anywhere we were allowed to go out for an hour at the beginning and then we were just piling on and because like you say there was nothing to do and with the, and the first the first lockdown felt like a bit of a holiday we kind of all yeah. went ah alright and we all come off our holidays with a bit more weight <laughs> I went up a jean size oh I was God, so I went fucking up upset too oh. 
It was so bad. Like, it got to a point where... Because I didn't get really get dressed either in the first lockdown because I did find it novel. So I was just, like, always in, like, me baggy trackies yeah. and me baggy hoodie and stuff like that. And then when I had to put a suit on for something, I was like... <gasps> <gasps> oh, my God. It wouldn't even come up past my thigh. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm like, I've put weight on in my legs. Now, I always had chunky legs anyway. But... That's when I knew I was like, if you go up a shoe size, that's when you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I means ju- your willy's got bigger. <laughs> I wish it was, um, <laughs> but that was it. it. Yeah, all of that. And like, because you know, because I was with Jade at the time, and that was just we were just, and she's she's a great cook, so we were just cooking incredible feasts all the time. It was like Henry VIII every day. And then you, you know, you're going to pay for it. And now I'm paying for it. And now Yeah, I'm, that's how yeah. I feel. And don't you feel like I, we got the mentality of being like, anytime we were like, should we do this? Like, we got afternoon tea delivered, like, <laughs> where they, but they like lent you the crockery and everything. So you had like proper china set and everything. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We were like, um, is this a bit excessive? But every time we were like, are we spending too much money considering one of us is not working at yeah, the minute yeah, yeah. and all we're doing is eating? And we were, we kept doing this to each other. We're living for a global crisis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is charity You've work. It. Yeah. <laughs> You've earned it. You got to the point, the second, I think it was the second time we got locked down, and then we were just getting stoned every day, and then pizzas would just come in every day. And again, you just, <laughs> you just, it's just a mess. And you, you go, oh, I'll deal with it later, I'll deal with it later. And now I'm in the middle of dealing with it later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. It's so weird to me that no one really talks about, like, the mental impact of the pandemic. Like we're talking about the finance and everything like that. I talk to my therapist all the time about this, being like, how are you not fully booked? Because I don't think people realise they're traumatised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've aged. I was talking to my flatmate, Sweeney, the other day. And we were both saying, like, we've seen photos of ourselves from just only two, three years ago. We look fucked. Yeah. We all look fucked because it's just, like you've just said... We've been through some a life changing experience, and yeah. and people to think it's just going to snap back to how it was. It's just never going to be the same again as it was. And it's, anyway. and it's all the things of being like you know we were lied to. Was it mishandled? We'll never know. I think mm. it's it's that thing you just go like we don't know. Apart from the fact that COVID was going around the world, we don't know what was needed to be done. Was it done well? And we've been lied to every step of the way. Or were we even being lied to? We don't know if the lockdown was the right thing to do because all the politicians kept breaking the rules. So it's like, it might have been the right thing to do, but then we were like, clearly it's not the right thing to do if they're snogging their aids. (laughs) It's just become... That that whole thing, the government's a joke. It's a fucking joke. If you if you were to write that as a TV show, you'd go, "Well, this isn't. This doesn't. That never happened. That never happened." It and, is madness. <laughs> My favourite was. I feel like we went into the lockdown being like hashtag be kind, bang a pan, and we've come out of the lockdown. Well, we all ate each other, and no one's banging a pan anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was it as well. You know, uh, the, the biggest insult after everything that had gone on, you saw the, the frontline workers really put their lives on the line and then they didn't even get a pay rise. They didn't no. even get a thank you. They what just... did they get? They put the cost of living up that they've yeah. always had in place to put up and then they blame the Ukraine war as if they're not going through enough. Yeah, exactly. They get the blame for this. Yeah. 
yeah, it's bullshit. And then we had the budget yesterday and nothing's changed except rich people telling us it's going to be tricky for a while when you're like, mate. It really gets up my nose, this, with rich people telling us that, um, well, first of all, they go, how can you moan when there's a war going on? And it's like, well, it's two independent thoughts. Yeah. And also is when they go um, about being like, you just need to budget better. And it's like, I could budget a billion pounds easier than I can budget yeah. like 10 grand or whatever. And I have a big thing about this because I did a degree in French. And so as part of the course, you had to go and live in France and get to understand the culture mm. and use the language properly, not how you're taught to use it, but use it how they use it in France. Yeah. And I'm always like, how can you run a country when you've not lived in the country? Like you've just lived in your manor house. Like yeah. you, if you want to be prime minister of a country one day and you're in charge of going, this is how much minimum wage is. This is how much benefits you get, et cetera, et cetera. You should have to go and live in some of the most deprived communities for a year. And it yeah. still wouldn't be a proper experience because you do have the money to go back to a year exactly, later. Yeah, that fear of, that feeling of like proper skin. Yeah, when you don't know, you're like, oh, I don't know where the, I don't know where the next lot of money's going to come from. What and the I have, bills keep got... piling up, the credit card yeah. bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not been able to pay off before. Cause you know, you always get those not percent ones for six months. That's where people get in trouble because yeah. it's like, oh, I've just not been able to pay it off in six months. Yeah, and that's it. And then it just all piles up. And what's mm-hmm. happening as well? It's like it's like everyone's forgotten that, that what we've just been through. I had a conversation with somebody the other day and I was going, look, I can't afford to pay this in full. I need to pay it over. I'm going to have to offer you. And I offered them whatever it was. And they went, oh, that's not enough because it's got to be paid off in this amount of time. Mm. And I was just like, but I haven't got it. I'm still paying. I'm still struggling with what's gone on before. This is all I can afford. And they're they're, they're talking to you like it hasn't happened. Like the pandemic didn't happen. And, And that's on my level. Imagine what it's like to other people that just have no, they can't even offer anything. No. You know, this whole thing is like, it's like everyone's kind of, it feels like everyone's like, everyone's making up for the shit that's just gone on. So any money they've lost, they're now like, oh no, no, a pint of lager has to be eight pounds a pint or whatever it is, you know, and it's because, and you're like, no, it doesn't. You're just trying to, you're just trying to make up for money you've lost before. That well, I was talking gone. to my boyfriend about this the other day and I was like, I don't know if it's this simple, but it seems this simple is going, right. So there was, we went to a supermarket the other day and like a pot of Nest Cafe, but like the posh coffee powder, mm. whatever, was like £7. And I was like, are you joking? Yeah. £7? Like, it's ridiculous. So anyway, so like, but putting it all up. So if you put up stuff like your chicken breasts are now instead of £3, they're £6, etc., etc. Obviously, you're just trying to make more money to balance it out for you. Yeah. However... Isn't it a bad economy, really? Because people are going to go, I can't afford that. So we're going to live off like making like lentils and chili yeah. and all that. So they're just going to buy cheaper stuff and you're you're not going to sell this stuff for six quid and it's going to go out of date. Isn't it yeah. bad business? I mean, there must be a thing about it, but yeah. I, I was like, I can't figure it out. It mustn't be that <laughs> simple, but I was like, I don't understand it. But it is, it's that, what well, I found this with... Um... In our industry, in, in comedy, with promoters, they'll go, oh, I'm going to charge 18 quid a ticket for this. And you go, but that's a bit much. If you charge, or oh, 25 quid or whatever it is, you know, like, if you charge a tenner, if you charge a tenner, you're going to get more people. So you're going to make more money. But if you charge 18, 25 quid, you can get fewer people. So it's the same as that. I literally had this conversation the other day when I was planning like my tour the other day. And it's like, and also it's like, you have to remember 
A, who you are, mm. B, where you're from, C, what you could have afforded to pay, yeah. D, who's your audience. And it's like, I am not charging people £18 a ticket for dick jokes. Because if you come <laughs> as a couple, that is £36 pound yeah. before you travel, before you're parking, before you've had a drink at the bar. Yeah. And I really don't agree with it. And then you look at things going like, you know, I think Catherine's tickets are only like 18, 20 quid, something like that. I might be wrong, mm. but <laughs> I think they're not that dear. So then it's like, why am I charging 16 quid when you get <laughs> Catherine Ryan for that? I think like you say, why don't we do a tenner, yeah. a ticket, sell out 500 seats, and you're going to make more because more people might be able to afford that. Some people can't afford a tenner for dick jokes. Like yeah. they've got other things they need to worry about. They've got kids. But say you get a tenner for 500... That is so much better than only being able to sell 100 tickets at 18 quid. Yeah. And you have yeah. a better show. Everyone feels happier. 20 quid for two people for a night out, then some drinks. You still feel like, oh, I can do this whole night out under 50 quid. Seems yeah. more reasonable. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. Now you go out and it's you're spending 100 quid. It just, like, I, I, I bought a large glass of wine the other week and it was a, it was a tenner. And you're like, well, I might as well buy the bottle then. And then the bottle's 30 quid. And you're like, what the, f- what the fuck? I was like, I went somewhere the other day and I went, oh, can I get a bottle of your house rosé? And normally with stuff like that, you're safe. Even in London, of it being like the dearest for house rosé, 21 quid. He was like 40 quid. I went, don't take the cork off. <laughs> Do not. Because I'm not. Pe- for house rosé, you're talking to the wrong boy. And... Um, I thought it was ridiculous. And then I went somewhere else and I had a double vodka diet Coke. Normally about five, six quick, it's a double. £14! Yeah, I could have had a Cosmo. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to someone recently and they are they ordered... I can't remember what it was. Prosecco or a bottle of champagne or something. And I can't remember... But they, they went... They didn't have it. And they went next door to the supermarket and bought it, came back... And you, and in front of in front of you're like I'm not I could have done that <laughs> yeah. What is your like relationship with money? Because I'm always like, am I tight? Am I just scared of being in debt? Because I cannot go in. I will not go into debt. I did mm. it when I was like maybe like 23 when I first moved to London. Took me ages to get out of it. Mm. It wasn't even a lot of debt. And I was like, it's not worth it. No. And then. Yeah, I don't know what I am. I'm always like, am I tight? Am I careful? Am I, I don't know what I am, but I'm very good with money. Well, that's good. I'm terrible with money. Terrible with money. And I, what I know what you way? mean, though. Once you get out of debt, because I was out of debt for a bit, and you go, yeah. oh, that's good. And you sort of, and you sort of, you are careful. But yeah, I mean, I'm, it's a bit shit at the minute, but I'll, I'll get there. I'll get out. I'll get out. But I am shit with money. When I get money, I'm like, yeah, woo. <laughs> and then I forget. I'm that. so militant. As soon as I get money, I'm like, Put your 20% tax away. Put 20% away for a rainy day. Yeah. Like, I'm a frigging lunatic. No, that's how you should be. Because yeah. then you're not in a position where I am, when I'm like, oh, fuck, I've got no money again. And then I have to wait for the next the next uh, chunk to come in. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh, it is the worst. I always, I've always like, you know when people don't have to think about it because it's like their parents. Like, I remember when I moved to London. Yeah. And I'd started comedy and I was working a full-time job, but I always got a proper job because I was like, I didn't know if comedy would become a job or it was just a hobby. It was never my dream to be a comedian. No. And so I always got a proper job in case 
I was looking for a career really. So I would be working like 12 hour days, then running to gigs. And then I was living in London. So the rent's dearer than what I was used to in Manchester. It was almost double. And um, I remember like people be like, oh, this person's such a hard worker, this person's such a hard worker. And I'm going, they temp two days a week, if that. And then you start to find out people, parents pay their rent mm. until they get on their feet. And I was like, Oh my God, you guys don't know what hard work is. Because no. I'm doing 12 hour days, then spending all my money on my goddamn hobby. <laughs> but actually, as well, with what we do, there's people I know that, yeah, they've, they've like someone I know there, and good luck to them. They've just, their mum and dad have just bought them a flat, and, you know, they're able to, all their money that they get goes into their into their running around doing their comedy. And it's you're like, yeah, good, oh, good on you. But, for everyone else, it's like it's a hundred quid to go anywhere on a train. Yeah. Petrol's gone up. I'm not. I mean, it's still, I've done other jobs, and so I appreciate how privileged I am to be able to make money for what I'm doing. But it's 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 fucking hard. And then what's happening is we're all arguing with each other now online. Everyone's up against each other, and we're fighting over things that we shouldn't really be fighting over. We're fighting over people's sexuality. We're fighting over their gender. We're fighting over their. And you're like. This is what's happening. They want us to be fighting each other. Over yeah, I, I think about this all the time. Is like when people are like having debates about trans rights and gay rights. I'm like, why does it matter to you when you're not even part of the community? Yeah. Why does it matter if we have some rights or? Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, a producer, being like, and he was like, "Oh, you're great. We need to get you on this show." And da 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 da. And I was like, you know, it's literally your decision i'm not sat here saying no (laughs) and he was going and they were talking he was like but you'd be so great and it was literally after they were watching me like smash something it was like their eyes opened to something that had never been considered before and um and basically i was like the problem is and i understand it because i would do the same thing who do you turn to first when you're booking things you turn to your mates first because you want to be surrounded by people you enjoy their company of but then that means you are only like if i did a show it'd probably be very girl and gay heavy Mm. um because that's who i'm around so i was like i get it but that's what the problem is when we do that show because by the time they book their mates which is like straight dudes and then they're being um you know they've booked some women some books of people of color people have kind of forgot about the gay man in that situation (laughs) (laughs) which is fine but i was just always going like but this is why you have to that's the thing is going you always have to flag people and just go just so you know you this is a great lineup like very diverse very representative of the country it's fantastic and all the people on it are brilliant but every male is heterosexual yeah 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 but this is the thing when you talk about the fact that we're having to argue about gay rights and trans rights the it should just be a given that people have rights yeah with this but we're having these these stupid arguments and and it all comes from it comes from ignorance this is just it, i don't understand because Everybody having rights doesn't take away from your rights, doesn't take away from, doesn't even affect your life. No. And I think it's like how you have to deal with things. Like as a comedian, I don't know what happened to me during the pandemic, but I think I've become, I was with um, Rob Rouse over the weekend oh, and nice. we were talking and he was like, um, 
you're a bit hard faced, you aren't you? And I was like, I think I am a bit hard faced <laughs> because I was saying, so I was at a club, like it was like September time and there was a lesbian comedian on and someone shouted out um, a slur against okay. lesbians, just a word. Mm. I don't want to say it because I don't want to put no. it out it. But um, no one did anything, right? And I had to walk up to the bouncer and just go, if that person stays in, I'm not going on stage. So you're going to have an empty... When my name's called, there's going to be a long pause because I was like... And he was like, oh, you know, it's banter. You've got to have a laugh with it. And I was like, like, it's your job. It's your job. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's not my job to deal with hate. And that's what these words are. And it's not my job to educate either. I'd be like, go up there and do it. It's my job to go up there and be funny yeah. for the next 20 minutes. Um, so I'll have banter. If someone's like, you shit, I'll play with them. If someone's like, your mum, I'll play with them. Mm. But I'm not going up when someone's just been homophobic. Yeah. Like, that's not my job. And also, because what I realised was going, these people, when they do it, and then we, as the LGBTQ comedian, turn it into a laugh. Mm. And then they think they've got the laugh. Yeah. yeah and aren't yeah, they all yeah. helpful? So I was like, so we have to stop playing into that narrative and being like, so now I stand there. I did, I did a gig in Yorkshire and this man said to me, um, so I said, oh, what do you think I did as a job before I got into this? And this man shouted out the F word. Wow. For a gay slur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh and I was God. just like, hmm. And the whole room went quiet and like got tense. And in my head, I'm going, I don't know why you lot are tense. I'm the one experiencing the hate. Yeah. Like you lot are just little wimps around it. And I just stood there and I didn't say anything. And everyone's looking at me. And I was like, oh, sorry, I'm not carrying on until the bouncer kicks out the hate person. I'm not paid enough to deal with this. Um, And I literally just stood there (coughs) till he went. Yeah. And then it was like. And then got the gig back, smashed the gig. It was all very ah. pleasant. But then it's like, but then you have to get like walk to your car in case they're like hanging out outside. And it's all that stuff where it's a bit like, oh, it's so boring. Yeah. So, you know. But it is, like you say, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with, with um, a mate of mine. And uh, we were talking about language and how <laughs> she'd heard someone somewhere had been, they'd been, they'd said something that was ableist. And uh, and so she was, she kind of quietly sort of messed him and gone, look, you know that that what that phrase is is ableist, and I don't think you should use it. But just you know, and wasn't a dick about it. But we were having this big chat about language, and it's right. And some people don't understand, still don't understand how that like the the slurs you've you've mentioned, they don't get it. They just see it as it's they just see it as banter, like you say. It's like. I think because yeah. so long we did have it as banter, but what I think is really great now is people are going, no, this isn't banter anymore. Like, no. it's not. And I, I think, um, I think about this all the time. Is I'm actually very easy breezy. Like, if it if it comes to my door, I'll deal with it. But I'm not one of those people that are like walking around telling everyone what to say and to, like whatever. Like, yeah. but because um, I don't have time and it's really exhausting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. What I do think is just being like, there's this like narrative where it's like, oh, you can't say anything anymore, or yeah, I said it. Like people think they could, yeah, I said it, and it's like, do you know what though? It's just where rather than 
Because they're saying to us, oh, you're always whinging, you're always doing this, you're always doing that. It is easier if you just don't say it. Yeah. That's actually the easiest thing here. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, If yeah. someone says, that's offensive now, and I get that language is turned all the time, and I get, because, you know, like when there was that all um, kicking off during lockdown when it was like, friends is homophobic, mm. friends is homophobic. I don't think friends is homophobic. I think 1995 was homophobic. <laughs> like, yeah. And therefore, some of the jokes are a reaction to that. But yeah. the cast of Friends, the writers, in my opinion, were not being homophobic. It was the the thing is at that time in the nineties, gay was always a punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and so it's like so we can't delete Friends because like that's what the nineties allowed. Now, when you write a show, just don't let gay be a punchline. No. Let the characters have depth and nuance like you let everyone else. That's what I always think. But also, if someone's telling you, like, because I'm always learning as well. It's not like, yeah, sure. you know, it's not like even us that try and do the right thing are always getting it right. Like, it's because language is constantly changing. But yeah. I think if someone tells you, then yeah, I think you should check your privilege and not be like, well, that's what I say, or you can't say anything, or yeah. woke, or whatever. But all these things that people throw out there, woke this, woke that. I mean, I always see um, on TV shows, they're always having debate about trans rights, and it's always cisgendered people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you well, want to bring yeah. a trans person to have a discussion? <laughs> I mean, they might not want to, but do you, want to, do you want to try and make that happen? Oh, just don't have the discussion. It's not your debate to have. <laughs> well, I always see, I see people... Um talking about diversity oh, we're having a having a uh, conference to discuss diversity and you go that is the whitest looking room I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. since a fucking clan rally yeah what are you talking about the diversity needs to change behind the scenes it's not oh. it's all very well up front going oh look at all these acts that we've got on here they're so diverse you're like yeah but the writers room the behind the scenes the people running the place it's all you've still got it's still white but cisgendered people calling the shots there you go it's not going to change until that changes it, it is interesting because yeah. i always think all the time is going like like still which makes me laugh is going because i'm camp and because i'm northern and working class there are two things i face so camp means obviously I'm obviously don't have any serious thoughts and I don't have any take on politics. I'm just light and fluffy all the time. And I don't, I just skip through the streets, living my best life. The pandemic didn't hit me at all because life's all rainbows and butterflies. So there's that thing where it's like Stephen possibly can't do anything serious. But then the other side is being Northern and working class. Of course, that means I'm thick as fuck. And therefore, when I'm not on stage, I am down the mines. And therefore, I've no idea what's going on in politics or the world. And it's like you're always fighting these stereotypes that are still, you know, I'm sure you have it as a working class man. And yeah. Yeah. We're in a youth-obsessed society. Yeah, I've got... Uh, do you know what? Uh, that, and at the minute, that's what's happening. It's kind of like, oh, well, we've, all, we've, worked, we've already had... We don't need the older men at the minute. It's done now. And you're like, well, what am I going to do? What do I do? I can't help who I am. I'm a straight, older dude. That's. But also, you know. what I think about you is good. This is where you are different, is you're a straight, older dude. Your words. You're a straight, older dude, but who understands how the world is changing like you're one of the good guys that mm. is like no i understand about representation yeah. i understand about gender 
and labels and pronouns and all that stuff. So it's like, why not give you that voice rather than like some of the bad guys that are like refusing to keep up? Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing about, I they, I have this discussion with people about pronouns all the time. And, they're, and, they're, and I'm like, well, just, why can't you just accept it? What is the problem? Why? What does it matter? You know, I've been at gigs and I've had to, and I've, I've had to say, like, I'm sorry, I'm not, and it's clunky when you do it, but you have to do it. You just go, look, I'm really sorry, but what are your pronouns? Just so I don't fuck it up when I introduce you in case I say something else. But there's so many people that refuse to just acknowledge that and acknowledge that the world is changing around them and acknowledge And even the, when you know, they're told, they just don't do it. Like, I always think, yeah. whatever you believe or whatever your thoughts are, if someone's asking you, like people say to me, is it Stephen or is it Steve? Do you prefer yeah. Stephen or Steve? And I go, I prefer Stephen. And they call me Stephen, yeah. right? Me, one of my brother-in-laws, uh, well, my only brother-in-law, one of his mates, um, it, you know, is called Lee. But everyone calls him Ginge. Right. That's his nickname. I'm Ginge. This is Ginge. Yeah. So therefore, why we can't do it with anything else? Emmerdale Farm is now called Emmerdale. <laughs> yeah. Like, we can do things. Snickers used to be called Marathon. Yeah, yeah. So we are purposely, if someone's saying, I would prefer the pronouns they, them, we are purposely doing it because, you know, you're rich. I don't call you Richard. You no. have to be called rich. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... Yeah. It's like... So people choose not to do it and they make it like this big facade, like, oh, bloody hell. Oh, da, da, da. And it's like, no, no, it literally is like, your name's Stuart, but p- please call me Stu. Oh, I don't like my first name. So I just get everyone to call me by my surname. Yeah. I'm Smithy. I'm Smithy. Like we do it every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we literally not... do it every day. <laughs> it's not an issue, is it? It's not yeah. an issue. But you talk about, you talk about, you, know, you said about being, you're saying this being camp. Yeah. Did you find that difficult growing up? Because you grew up, didn't you grow up in Manchester? Yeah. Yeah. How was that growing up? Because I don't imagine you, did you feel like you had to hide who you were or was it pretty cool when you were growing up? No, I talk about this all the time, which really annoys me when there's like this class divide. Because I would say wherever I'm, where I'm from, they might not have the on paper book smarts, but they've got the most emotional intelligence I've ever had. I didn't know homophobia was a thing until I was about 23 when I moved to London. Oh, really? I never experienced it. Oh, wow. So it's like, I knew it was like, obviously I knew about like Section 8, uh, 28, and, you know, everything that happened during the AIDS crisis where it turned into this joke about gay men, etc. So I knew about the history of it, but I honestly thought because of how I grew up and everyone just accepted it for me, me for being me, and this isn't just my family either. This is like everyone on the estate. Like mm. no one ever made me feel bad. It wasn't until I was like 23 and I'd moved to London and you're walking through the street holding a hand. Like that was my first experience was like when someone tutted at me and my boyfriend for holding hands on the tube. Oh, like wow. when you've honestly got straight people like grinding against those bars, fingering each other, yeah. they really do. <laughs> and no one bats an eyelid, but us holding hands is absolutely oh, disgusting yeah. to see. Um, and that was like the first, I was like, oh, is this I think And I had never felt more naive in my life. I always thought I was quite worldly because yeah. um, I'd done a year abroad in France, never had any issues there. So no, as a kid, I didn't really, obviously people used, because it was like the 90s. So people said like 
that's well gay, as in mm. that's bad. Um, but even that, it didn't really affect me no. because I didn't really take it personally. And it was kind of how the language was used at the time. The intent, yeah. Yeah, so I was just I was like, all right. But no, I never had any issues in that way. Even um, I, did a, I did a podcast, which is about coming out stories. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be the shortest because I didn't really have a coming out story. I just oh, took really, a boyfriend to. home <laughs> and I was like, mom, dad, this is whoever, this is, you know. And they were like, um, oh, I am. And I was like, yeah, this is my boyfriend. Da, da, da. Like, there was no coming out. It was just like, will you sit with him while I go and get changed because we're going to go to the cinema. It was just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was no, yeah, I was never made to feel bad. And it, like, it always makes me laugh in our industry, in the comedy and TV industry, the fact of going like, you can only have one gay at a time. Do you know, like, even on a, a line, never mind on TV, but on a lineup, on a live lineup, because it's like, obviously you all bring the same thing. But all my male cousins are gay and we couldn't be more different if you tried. Yeah, right, really. So to me, it's just all these things where I feel like because of how I grew up, I think sometimes that's why it affects me more now because I was like, this didn't happen for the first 20 odd years of my life. Yeah. yeah um, you didn't have it. You didn't know, there was no pressure. You were just... No, people just yeah. accepted me for me. And I actually recorded my um, Radio 4 special the other day. And I, I tell some of these stories. And it turned out there was a girl from school in and she was sat in the second row. And I've not seen her since school. So at first, I was, when you're looking at someone, you go, really recognise her? But we yeah. meet so many people. I was like, it's probably just from a gig or something. I was like, so I didn't really engage with it. And then when I was talking about something that happened in school, she was like, that's true. And I was like, oh. And I talked about like when I had a, because I did, I did try and have a girlfriend when I was like 13, but it only lasted a week because I knew it wasn't really for me. Um, <laughs> but, and and she was like, and this girl was like, that's true. And I went, we went to school together, didn't we? So now the, I was saying to the BBC, we need to pay this girl because she's half the show. She's half, <laughs> she's me fact checker. Um, and so it was really nice to go, oh, it's not that I've got these rose tinted glasses on. This girl that I've not seen since then had literally just come to the recording. Yeah. I was really there. And I think she's going to be in the show. We got her to sign a release form. Oh, amazing. Um, but it was just nice to have that um, validation. And I think the only thing... Because also I think the thing people forget about the 90s is even though it had been legalised by that point to be gay, actually the rule was you can't talk about it. You can't have PDAs. Like you can't. So you would oh, never wow. see gay men. Like you'd see it on TV. Obviously they had big coming out stories. But it was like, no. so no one ever spoke about it. So I didn't really understand it. And also yeah. I wasn't like a very sexual kid. So never mind. Like when everyone else is getting their first girlfriend or whatever, yeah. I genuinely was just like, I think I was really behind. Like I was really obsessed with the Power Rangers and I was really obsessed with like S Club 7 right, yeah. but and the Spice Girls, obviously. And I'm not sure if that was me being like, well, apparently you're supposed to fancy girls, but I just don't fancy any of these people. But then no one was talking, sitting me down being like, do you think you might be gay? Because it was just <laughs> not, a, it was not a thing that was done. Yeah. And so I, I think that was me exploring my sexuality, but I didn't really know I was doing that. I just really liked the Spice Girls and I really liked Steps and I really liked... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I had um, posters of Ricky Martin on my wall ah. and no one ever like... My mum and dad were never like, 
Why is he sh- on your shirt? On you all shirtless? They just accepted it, but at the same time, they never sat down and went. So I think the reason you're doing this is maybe you're a boy who's a, like they never had that conversation. No, I just think it wasn't a thing then. Yeah, but they mate, let yeah. me be me, let which you be, I think yeah. was really important. Exactly that. They let you be you. They kind of probably knew. Yeah, and just went. Well, he'll find out for himself. You know. Well, I think they were doing that thing because also it was the nineties, and it was like it was still quite new to be open about being gay. Like, you know, because it was 67 that it was partially decriminalised and then like 80s was like the AIDS crisis. Then you had all the stuff with Section 28. And so um, I think it was just like, they didn't know you could talk about it either. I, I think they probably had in their head, oh, he'll come to us when he's ready. Yeah. That's, you know, that kind of thing. But they'd, they definitely knew. Honest God, I found some old pictures. No one's <laughs> no one's surprised. Well, no. <laughs> I tell you what, that, that but there was always. I remember people talking about Brett Anderson from Suede and people like that, and it always used the word androgynous. And that yeah, was, and so that was a selling point. To go, oh, he's and, he's androgynous. He's 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 part. He's everything. He's so you know. They didn't. Uh, it was. I suppose fluid would have been the word yeah. maybe that's where that but but yeah it was always like it, we you don't realize how it, we were still in the early stages of being more open about people's sexuality it wasn't I do think that's the other thing as well is like you have to give people to learn like I won't put up with people like shouting hate at me no. but if if my dad used a wrong pronoun on a friend I would just tell him I wouldn't like lose my shit I'd be like yeah. don't forget it's they that's, yeah that, like, I wouldn't lose my shit. Because I, I think the other side of it is, for all the people that refuse to learn, there's, like, a weird thing at the minute where people don't think it's their job to educate. Yeah. And it's like, and people should just know. And it's like, I don't understand how that's going to happen. No, if you don't um, know to ask, you're not going to ask. Yeah, so I, I think there's a night... So I'm never quick to jump down people. So I'll just be like... Mm. Like, if someone go... Oh, how was he? I'll go. Oh, there, fine. Yeah, there yeah, go. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there is also an element of some people using it to get attention as well. And you kind of, I feel sometimes there's a few people that you go, you're just getting in the way of it all now because you want some attention and it's you're using it for the wrong thing. And I don't know, I don't know if that's, I think that clout, that muddies the waters a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like some people go, oh, I found a thing. And you're like, you know, you don't need a thing. If it's not, not really who you are then just chill out and just do you know what Ooh, I mean oh the door went sorry right. um, <laughs> can I just answer it so yeah, yeah, quick yeah, go, go, go. sorry I don't know what it is you see could be a delivery I need some interlude music lined up for this <laughs> oh thank you thank you for that oh I've got a present That's fun. What is it? What is it? You've got to do, an opening, you've got to do an, a box opening video. Yeah. We had Sophie Willen did a box opening, didn't she, on the podcast, and it was a flip chart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Sophie Willen. Everything oh, yeah. she's achieved is insane. Yeah, she's spectacular. We love Sophie. What is this? What is it? What is it? I mean, it looks like a pack of cocaine, but I'd just like to say for the benefit of the tape, I've never done that in my life. Have you not? No. Have you done no. anything ever? Never. Fuck you now. Well done. 
Oh, it's um, exciting. What is it? It's my uh, prize from House of Games. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> don't spoil it. Don't spoil it because this goes out. This will go out and people won't. Just... It's already aired. It's airing as we're recording. So by the time this goes out, it's going know. out tonight. So when's oh, the last... they'll yeah. still know. I've 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 already. I won it on Monday. All right. They'll know. It's my binoculars. <laughs> Congratulations, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you so that's much. That's the thing as well. You're not a Steve. You're a Stephen. I've always Yeah, that's Steve. what you're I always Stephen. say. Some people pull off Steve so well. I'm just not one of those people. You're just not a Stephen. Yeah, Steve, no. sorry. You're a Stephen with a PA. Yeah, I always think Steve... I do... I, I know I shouldn't say this. It's game out. I always think Steve is a bit straight. Well, it is, yeah. Steve, yeah. Was, when I was growing up, so all the all the the main characters in films were called Steve yeah. or Jack or something, something quite you know robust. You know, they were always like, you know, as you know, you know, yeah, Steve and all that sort of thing. So yeah, definitely. Even when I used to do Taekwondo, they used to call me Stevie, and I really liked that. And when I started comedy, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be Stevie Bailey. But then I was like, well, I prefer Steve. Maybe that was a because taekwondo quite, you know, it's a, a vigorous sport. Maybe that was a way of, I don't know, softening yeah. it up a bit, making you a bit more playful. I think just because like... I was camp and I was always in the adults class. So I was like the youngest oh, right. in the adults class. So I was like 14, 15 when I started. Yeah. And, um, but I was with like people that were like anywhere between 19 and maybe 35. Mm. Um, but I was too old to be in the kids class. Um, so I think it was that thing of them being like looking after me and having like that mum thing. Because even like that, it's like, I always joke about this, being like, they knew as well. Like we talk about it oh, yeah. all the time now. These adults knew because they're like 19, 20. They had gay friends. But just no one was telling me. <laughs> they maybe didn't think they had to. You were quite, sounds like you were quite open with it all. So they just felt he's doing yeah. his thing. He's doing his I thing. I was always me. Because, yeah, but... I just never knew. I I didn't really know about sex and stuff. No. I just really, I remember always being like in PE, fancying all the boys, being like, oh my God, look at Daniel's six pack. <laughs> this is great. Uh, I think, but it's funny, isn't it? what is it that makes us attracted to certain bits of the body? Be it gay, be it straight, be it trans, whatever it I is. I do wonder why yeah. it is, you know, like being... Um, because, do you know, like, my celebrity crush is Zac Efron. My favourite bit about Zac Efron is his armpit hair. <laughs> I have no idea why, but, but when he's been in films and he's, like, puts his arm up or whatever, I'm always like, oh, my God, look at him. Is it the fact that he's got some? Because he's Maybe. pretty ripped, isn't he? And then he's yeah. got that going on. I have no idea. Because I'll tell you what, I, yeah, I, there, maybe it's a thing. I don't know, maybe subconsciously your animal brain associates it with strength and maybe protectiveness. Like he could protect you because he's ripped, so he looks strong. Like I've seen, have you seen the Baywatch movie with the Rock and everyone? It's, it's ridiculous. I liked it. It's ridiculous. I can't. It's the one where I've not been. I watch everything Zach does, but even that, I was like, no, no, let's not lose the attraction. Give it a watch, honestly, because he's fantastic in it. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a bit where he's hanging off these bars and he's doing his thing, Damn. and I, and I just went, that guy is 
what a spectacular human being. And he can sing. And he's really funny in that And film. dance. And he can dance. And he looks like that. And to have that body, going back to what I said about James Smith, like James Smith said... To have us to, to have all that on show, like the six pack and everything else, that is your your life will be fucking miserable to get to achieve that. It's really hard to achieve, and for him to do that, it, he must his life must be just. He must be so regimented, and, and you so must de- you must dedicate. Do you know it's really yeah. interesting about that as well? Because I was reading something the other day about do you know like the people that do like the Marvel films, like your Jake Gyllenhaal and stuff like that, and um people that have like lost weight, gained weight, whatever for the roles. And you go, it is a lot of dedication. Yeah. I read something about like George Clooney. I can't remember what the role was, but he had to put weight on for something. And even he was saying, then afterwards you have to be so regimented for yeah. months. Cause he was like, it's so easy to put weight on and it's so nice. I'm paraphrasing obviously, <laughs> but um, it's so fun to put weight on. But then he's like, but losing weight is so much harder than putting it on. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. You go, well, if George Clooney's saying it, I'm there. You could just sit there. Like, I can't remember who said it, but to put weight on, I think it was Bill Burr, you could just sit there watching films, shoving snacks into your face. That's putting on weight. And it goes on in, in, a, in, a, in a, I don't know, a couple of weeks, you put on a stone. Like we did in the, in the lockdowns, like you said. Yeah. We piled it on, you know, a couple of stone. And now, and now it's going to take two years to get rid of that. And you have to be really conscious about it. Like, if you want to lose the weight, is be like, it is about calories and yeah. less. It's less fun. It really it is. It is like, less fun. It is. You want to go? You know, I'm, I've cut down on my drinking, but when I go out, it'd be a couple of pints and whatever else, and then food on the way home, and that. And you're like, that's you've done. Two days worth of calories, maybe three, in one evening. <laughs> in one evening. It is mad. Because I always do the 5-2 diet. That's how I do it. Yeah. Which is two days of 500 calories. Um, and it is... Do you know what's really annoying, though, is you do have more energy. and Really? You do... Yep. You feel so much better. But I think it's... Um, I'm not very healthy eater. Like, mm. I prefer burger and chips. Yeah. I'd never order a salad, you know. And so I think that's my issue, I think, as well. And that's why it's good for me to do the fasting days because you go, right, well, two days a week, you are having salad, mm. you are having veg and fruit and a lot more water, um, black tea, etc. And then the rest of the days, I say, you don't have to work. Because my thing is, I'd love to know how you feel about this. With all the travel that comes with work as a comedian, there is um, sometimes when there's like road closures and it's late at night and it's raining, the only thing that's going to make me happy is finding a Taco Bell. Oh, yeah, nice. Or whatever your takeaway of choice is. Just being like, do you know what? If I have this, I can get through that drive home. (laughs) There's a weird thing with food me where it's like when I'm sad... I f- or I feel like I need spurring on. Yeah. Get a takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm happy and I want a reward, get me some <laughs> profiteroles. <laughs> I need to be placid to have salad. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> I remember I was doing so before the lockdowns and that, doing a lot of driving, and I'd always have a bag of sweets in the car 
and then a bag of sweets on the way home to stay awake, just sucking on a sweet. And then I had a personal trainer for a bit, Laura. Oh, yeah. And then she said, she goes, do you know one of those sweets is 36 calories? And I'm like, she says, how many bags do you have? And I'm like, a oh, bag on the way up and a bag home. <laughs> you're like, yeah. That's, but it's the only yeah. thing that gets you through. Sometimes, yeah. though, when you do know the calories, it has put me off things before. Like, mm. it has made me. And I'll tell you another trick I do should you want to be a bit healthier, is um, when I'm eating out at a restaurant, I pick what I'm having beforehand and then I do not get distracted by anyone else because then it's in my head. So if everyone else starts ordering like burger chips and a side of garlic bread and this and that, I'm like, nope, I know what I've committed to. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's mad, isn't it? Just the whole world is mad. But you think about what you think going, we've lived through a global crisis and now... And it is because of health. It used to be vanity. Quite frankly, I'd happily just not diet. But yeah. when someone says you've got to have your gallbladder out, you go, Shit, yeah. okay, well, I don't want to have anything else out. So, Speaking <laughs> um, of weight you'll lose when you have that out. <laughs> well, my mum had her gallbladder out years ago and they said, they go, oh, loads of people lose weight. Not my mum. Oh, so really? I was like, if I've got your goddamn jeans, <laughs> if I've yeah. got your jeans. But... So you've got global crises, then we've got this weight gain, which isn't good for your mental health. Then you have to go to therapy to sort out your mental health. Because mm. t- I don't know about you, I am a, my anxiety is through the roof oh, every God, time yeah. you have to get a yeah, train, yeah, yeah. every time you have to be with people after having all this time with no people. Like every time someone coughs, as dramatic as it is, I am that person that's like, oh God, not again. Yeah. Like, um, and then... We're back to work. I feel overexhausted because for two years I didn't move. So yeah. now whenever I have to do anything, it feels like a chore. Then you've got the stuff about all the gayness and going, well, this is how I want to handle it these days. Like yeah. if you're homophobic, I'm not going to deal with that. Then you've got people asking you for your opinion. Because also, do you know, like different comedians are different and not everyone's very nice. Then when one of those comedians have said something mm. and then everyone's obviously debating it, people bring it to your doorstep, be like, what right. do you think? And I go, I've not, I've not seen it, so I'm not no. engaging with it. Like, you go, our brains are fucking full. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, a, it's, it's life's really hard at the minute. Yeah, and also the with that, bills, like you say, as yeah, well. Everything's piling up. It's like people always think that people—they think that black people are wanting to talk about race all the time, and they're like, "No, they don't. They don't want to. They why should they? Why would they? It, why are you bringing it? I know. We, and I, I use uh, other like comedians specifically, always getting asked their opinion, and it's like. I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to get through my every day. Why have I? Why have I got to be the one that talks about this all the time? It's the same with you about, like you say, the gayness. Like it's always yeah. put to you. It's like, well, I, maybe I don't want to talk about it today. Maybe, maybe it's up to you to figure this out. And also, then it is flipped on you as well. So then, if someone asks you about it, then you answer the question. Because mm. I'm not going to sit there and go, "No, it's fine for gay people." I've got to go. No, it's still illegal to be gay in 69 countries. Some of those are places you probably would never go, but some of them all your mates holiday there every year. Like, Mm. you know, people go to Jamaica and places where it is still illegal or frowned upon or not safe. There's punishments there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And like Dubai, I've been offered gigs in Dubai. You go, 
are you kidding? <laughs> like, um, yeah, they're still chucking people who are gay off of buildings, and you're yeah, to go and-, and it's like, and I think in Dubai, I might be wrong, don't at me, but I think in Dubai, you're not allowed to even talk about it. So I wouldn't have no act Shit. because not not that I'm talking about being gay, but because no. I can't talk about my boyfriend. You know? Yeah, yeah. So oh, I, god, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You'd so then, it's like, oh god. Um, so like, if someone engages with me, like someone asked me recently because they've got an AIDS joke, and I said, and I think someone had pulled them up about it, and I said, well, the thing is, the reason it's not okay is because AIDS was a pandemic it Mm. killed lots of people particularly gay men how and um no one was busy helping them it was put on the back burner because it was gay men but also the politicians and the videos are out there you can still watch them made jokes about how it was just gay men and that's how it became a joke that's how aids became a punchline and it's like if you're not willing to do it with any other illness yeah. Like, if you wouldn't replace it with, like, cancer, you joke, then mm. it's like, because we've not been taught cancer's a funny word. And that's what the problem is. Yeah, yeah, but also, yeah. I was like, and also it's, and that's why people are laughing because it's been taught. But there's also a lack of education because it's like, it doesn't predominantly kill gay men now no. because we're educated on it. Yeah. Straight, it's more straight people, apparently, in yeah. the last few years. Yeah. And um, it's just stuff like that. But it's all like, if you ask, I will give you my opinion. Mm. But if not, yeah. it's knackering. You'd never not be saying anything. <laughs> but then people go, <laughs> people ask you your opinion. You tell them your opinion. It's not the opinion they wanted. Then they go, oh, Stephen's whinging. And it's like, I'm not whinging. <laughs> Don't ask me. I wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> I wouldn't have said out. <laughs> I know what you mean. And it's, a, yeah, it's, I mean, I get annoyed. I get annoyed when I see people when they lump, they lump us when they lump like straight white men all into the same thing. And of course, you know, and but then you have to take a moment and go, no, no, I get it, I get it, I get why that's happening. And uh, and then you you take a moment and you calm down and you figure it out and you go, no, no, you, you, it's not everybody. But what you're doing is you're shut by instead of talking about it all the time, your actions speak louder than words. Yeah. So what I'm doing shows that. And that's how you make a difference. So, yeah, I get it. Try not to get involved in all the fucking fighting. Yeah, because I always think with comedy as well, it's like, we are meant just to be having a laugh, guys. I fucking said this the other week. I was talking to Francis Foster, funnily enough. Yeah. And I was saying, surely, as comedians, we should be sort of on the outside of it all, looking in at all of it and, and kind of finding the funny in all of it. But, yeah, and also I think sometimes the stuff that's more ingrained and people wear it, they're like, oh, I didn't even think about it that way, can often be worse in a way because it's like the, the fact that you don't... Do you know that when it's like, I know for a fact I will not be booked or I feel, maybe is a better way of putting it, I feel like if Tom Allen, Larry Dean, any insert any other gay man, comedian is booked on a show, mm. I will not be booked on. I think that's a proper problem because people in their head just go, it's ingrained in them to go, yeah. well, we've got the gay one. Two wouldn't work. We don't want to confuse like, people. Stuff like that is like, <laughs> to me, is the thing that always goes, why are we not 
looking at that or you know yeah. i remember watching a, a show when it was do you remember that debate going around um about should only gay people play gay roles yes well it's not i'm you know it's not my opinion but what i often saw or on one particular show i saw only straight people discussing it right right yeah. and it's like you've not got the option for that other argument like no. there's the because it and, and actually there is i don't think there's an easy answer to it because it is like well the best person for the job should play the role yeah However, sometimes it does feel like, but you're telling me you can't find a gay man that can play yeah. a role that's good enough. Um, and it's like, you know, I think there's certain times when it is like, do you know when you're having like your first Disney gay prince character? That's never been done before. I think you could work a bit harder yeah. to find a gay guy to play that role and a famous gay guy. The, um, Dan Levy. Uh, yeah. David from Shit's Creek, he could do it. Great, yeah, yeah, solved. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> but that's it. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to money, and that's what they're that's what they're saying is yes. Yeah. What what we need is what they want really is someone that's going to sell tickets. So that's yeah. why you you know like they say you could go oh well we need a gay person to play this this role, but the film's massive. We need someone that's going to cover that cost and make us money. Yeah there might not be someone on that level. And that's I just think it's not an easy like, conversation, no. which is why those debates happen. But then the problem is when you're having the debate, you've not even brought a gay guy. You brought, yeah. a, like, I mean, I saw a straight guy discuss it, being like, well, um, I thought gender's supposed to be, uh, uh, or gender's a spectrum or sexuality's a spectrum. And it's like, you do not know how to use that sentence. You just know that <laughs> sentence is out there and you're flinging it in now. Just like, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, because at least for me, I feel like very balanced by that decision because I think, well, I think gay people should be able to play straight roles. Yeah. But at the same time, I do understand, but I also understand the point of going, there are just less roles mm. where, or less mainstream roles so if yeah. I think if a gay person can play a gay person and it's right yeah. and they're the best actor as well. And so you so say you're sat there between an amazing gay guy and an amazing straight guy. And it's like, there's not much in it. Like maybe the straight guy's got a few more followers. That are, mm. uh, in that instance, I would argue perhaps you go more to the gay guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, it comes down to the money side of it. And yeah, if, it's, but, if that gay person's got more of a uh, following than the other person, which means tickets are going to get sold, then absolutely. What I like is that we're having characters now in things that, yes, the character is gay, but that's not a, that's, that it's not a thing. It's just, they just, I remember watching a, it's a shit film. I think it's called Hollywood Boulevard or something like that. Colin Farrell and Ray Winston plays this horrible gangster and he's gay in it, but they kind of allude to it. They don't really, it's not really a thing. And then, there's been a few characters in things lately where they go, yeah, he's gay, so what? It's not a thing, you know, it's not... Whereas years ago, it'd be, oh, my God, they're, oh, they're having a kiss. You're like, fucking... God, yeah, God. well, do you remember Brookside? Brookside was had, the like, one. Yeah, and you go, like, for me, it's. I agree with that as going, why is our story always just the coming out story? Yeah. And then they don't really know what to do with us. After that, it's like, 
Um, but they're getting better at it. Like there's um, there was a, a show with a uh, Ben Aldridge where it was called like, I think it was called The Long Call. He was like a direct uh, detective in it. It was on ITV just before Christmas, and um, it was kind of like he's a gay man. He lived with his husband. But it was about being a detective and the crime that needed to be solved. It yeah. wasn't really about that. It just it, like normally in that situation, it would be a normal murder mystery, and he just goes home to his wife. And the only difference was he went home to his husband. Yeah, which and is... I thought that was really great. And it'd be great to get like more of those where because I always think about you know like the soaps. It's like they are another one where it's like they do the storyline that oh I'm gay now. And then they don't know what to do with the characters. Yeah. You go, well, you just do the same storylines that you're giving, like yeah. Danny Dyer. So can one of them have an alcohol problem? Can we turn out like this? You know, you just give the same storyline, except instead of Mick talking to Linda about it, it's Ben talking to Callum. Yeah, they are getting better, though. I must say on that, they are getting things better. are changing. They are changing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but it's and it's good. But it, like, it is the it is. The public's perception of these things. Like I've had conversations with people, and they'll, and they'll be like, oh, "I'm sick and tired of hearing about this." And you go, "Well, you're yeah. going to have to hear about it a little bit more because now we're in the middle of this change, and for change to happen, it has to be extreme. So you're going to get it's going to. So some people they're going like, it, it's going to feel like that. And you go, but imagine you remember what it used to be like when every yeah. major film was all white people, when every major film was all straight people, straight white men being the lead all the time." And also, I think as well, what we have got bad at, I was talking to a producer about this the other day, is we don't seem to like to have conversations anymore. Like, I think we've had a very nice conversation. No Mm. one's having to go at anyone. No one's saying anyone's thoughts or feelings are wrong. And I think it's like, and everyone's just said, this is sometimes how I feel. And this is sometimes how I feel. And this is sometimes how I feel. And there's no right or wrong answer. And... I think people have forgot to have that conversation. Just yeah. be like, oh, we can have a chat about something. Like, you know, like when you go out with your friends, you talk about like, well, this is how my week's been. How's your mum? Mum's all right. Yeah. And then there might have been something in the news. And you go, did you see that thing the other day about COVID, whatever, the, the cost of living, yeah. um, the petrol prices. And then you have a little discussion about it, but no one's falling out over it. You just go. Yeah. This is my take on it. And I do think we don't get to see that in the public domain no. and being like, we all talk about this stuff behind closed doors and you don't always agree. Like Brexit, I'm sure some people had conversations with their parents or whoever where their views were opposing. Yeah. But you still love whoever you're talking to and you still, yeah. it doesn't change anything. You've just, you might have give them a bit of thought they might have given you a bit of thought but it seems to be that on a public platform people don't want to have that level of depth they want it to be as easy as it's this way or it's that way and it's like i don't think that's like i personally apart from when people are saying homophobic racist sexist things i actually can and when they're very clear like i don't think people that go no, I think straight actually play gay roles. I don't think they're like, oh my God, you homophobe. I'm like, no, okay. I can see you're coming from an acting point of view where you're saying the best actor should get the job. Yeah. Totally get that. Whereas I'm coming from a bit of a going, but statistically we'll never get a chance if you don't let us. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. so you go that way. But I think people are too used to be like, 
it's this way or you're wrong. Yeah. And then, and then that's all we see. And then I think that feeds into the whole, the people that get their backs up in the other way, who don't want to be educated, who don't want to be moved forward, who go, this is how I see it. Yeah. Like, um, because people aren't willing to have a conversation. And if you look at every story in your life, like, you know, every friendship you made, every friendship you lost, every breakup, every time you got someone, there's about six sides to every story anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why is it not the same for the rest of? <laughs> <laughs> and I find that as well, and I might have said this on here before, a lot of people want to be the, they want to be the one that found the thing to be outraged at. So they're looking, they're looking for it and they're making, like I've had conversations with people and they've kind of, oh, well, I guess, I guess, you know, that's how you, that, I guess that you would say that or you would think that. I'm like, no, no, I'm talking about it with you. And they're like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to find a thing. And then you can go and tweet about it and go, I was talking to this guy and he said this. And you're like, yeah, I did say that. But I, you, you're taking away why I was saying it. We were having a conversation about a bigger thing. And I was like, look, and some people see it this way and some people see it that way. And you're going, yeah, but you can't say that. I'm like, no, no, but I'm talking about how people see things. Do yeah, you know what I mean? I think and I get what you're saying, it. actually. You're, I think, if I'm right, you're saying people don't want to be put in boxes because they just, because we're all, we've all got depth and layers and yeah. nuance. Yet people can't wait to put each other and themselves in a box. Yeah. Like when people are like, you know, I'm the vegan comedian, I'm the political comedian, I'm yeah. the right-wing comedian, I'm this, that. And it's like, well, you're more than all those things, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you want to make that your brand. You're looking for a selling point and it, and it, and you're like, just, yeah, USP, and you're just... It, I, 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 when, like you said earlier, it's like, can't we just be funny? Is it, Couldn't that be a thing? We're, we're jesters at the end of the day. We're supposed to be bringing entertain, light, making light of everything, Making making people feel better about all the shit things that are around them, and I've said this to people before. If you talk, if if you're if you're not racist and you're not homophobic and you're not sexist and you're not all these things, your material won't be that. So yes, that's what so, I think all yeah. the time. <laughs> I think that all the time is really like. Um, I just. I don't have bad opinions in life. Like I don't have no. racist thoughts or no. sexist thoughts or whatever. So, um, yeah, that doesn't come out to me on stage. And then I'm just funny and then people laugh. And I always say actually being a working class Northern mm. camp feminine gay man, I'm automatically a walking, talking political statement. Yeah. So now I can just talk about when I worked at Sainsbury's. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever it is you want to cut, you want to get through to people will come out in your material. It will come out in the thing, the stories you're telling people that will work out who you are by what you're saying, by what you're talking about. You don't have to make a specific point and go, I want to talk about gay rights. I want to talk about this. Like, if you talk about, if you do material about things, about people, people are going to work out whose side you're on, what you believe, you know? I think it's a cleverer way of doing it as well, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we've got the news. Like I used to say during the pandemic, my goodness, and I love all these shows, but by the time you've watched the news, Good Morning Britain, Lorraine, This Morning... Lose women. You've had it bashed over your head. Yeah. 
the topics yeah. like you know vaccination 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 okay got it got it got it got it got it where it's like if i just went up and made a joke about when i went to get my vaccine or da, 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 all of a sudden you go oh he's someone that's got the vaccine yeah. he thinks the vaccine's the right thing to do like yeah and you don't have to go i you don't have to say that you don't have to go i think everyone should be vaccinated da, 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 da. like i have a bit where i actually say going you know about the vaccine where i go I don't judge what anyone's done, your body, your choice. And I couldn't understand why you've not had it because we've been lied to so much. I couldn't understand why you're dubious. But, and then I go into my whole bit. Yeah. But it's like, there's, you, there's bits like, just be funny. Like anything I say, if people come away, be like, he was really funny. He was great. I'd like to have a pint with him. Yeah. Don't matter what I've said, I've been really good for gay rights. Yeah, exactly. I've got this whole bit about uh, gender neutral toilets that I do now and the whole like it's about my mate not being ha- like the pub we drinking has been refurbished and my mate wasn't happy about the toilets being changed and then he said this mad stuff and you're going you're going right uh, and the whole back and forth is me pointing out I'm like mate because he says he says this thing and then I point out that he's wrong and then we have a lot and then but, and we go into and then we end up in the toilet and we do a thing out of that material you're going to work out that I understand I understand trans rights i understand the gender neutral toilet argument i'm on the side of people's rights i I, people gender neutral toilets shouldn't be a thing shouldn't be an issue we shouldn't be worrying about it and then i've got the the end the the end line as well is i understand as well that a lot of straight white men are causing issues when it comes to sexual assault and things like that and so and it's all wrapped up in this material but at no point do i go i believe all trans I'm, i'm a firm believer in trans rights and, and gay rights and this and that. It's all in the material. Yeah. It's all in the story that I tell. Yeah, I, I do a bit as well where I go like, um, uh, basically I call straight white men stupid and then I say, because they get really worried if a gay man fancies them. But let me tell you, when you should worry is when a gay man doesn't yeah. fancy you because <laughs> we will fucking take anything. So if even we don't want you, it means you're a fucking munter. And... <laughs> That's the joke, and it's a yeah. very funny joke, it's joke. But it's also getting the point of being like, I've not come on this stage to fucking want to try and get off with all the straight men. I've come on this stage, to get, so chill your bean and enjoy the show. <laughs> but I've found a funny way of saying it. Yeah, like you can relax, you're safe. I don't want to suck your dick. <laughs> You've got gaps in your teeth. Now laugh at me jokes. <laughs> like I've just found a way of saying yeah. it. That's funny without having to go, oh, a lot of straight white men feel very uncomfortable when I'm on a stage because of this. Like, it just goes. And so I have to help them settle in to the show and feel, I just go out and I'm funny. And then I throw that bit in at some point. Then everyone laughs. Everyone feels relaxed. And it just makes a point yeah. without being boring. And that's how it should be. Right. Stephen, this has been amazing. Thank you're you so amazing. Much. You're amazing. No, you're, you're amazing. amazing. I'm so glad we did this, Stephen. Me too. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure, mate. My pleasure. Where can we find you on the socials? I'm at Stephen Comedy on everything. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent, Stephen. I only really bother with Instagram. Everything else is so annoying. It is, to be honest. Yeah. I like Have you got some sort of podcast? Uh, oh, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your podcast, Stephen? Um, 
So, Rich, I've got a podcast as well with TV's Zoe Lyons. Oh, very And it's nice. called um, Let's Talk About the Husband. And basically, me and Zoe became really close over lockdown because we kept ringing each other on our walls. Oh, amazing. And I was always talking about, like, I'd be like, oh, Lisa's done this, da 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 Kyle and Lisa have had a massive fallout. She thought they were me real friends, but it's from the Real Housewives <laughs> of Beverly Hills. Um, and she thought I was mad. And then I just sent her some clips and I've got her into the Kardashians. Oh. And she's highbrow. Um, so it's about what we can learn from reality TV. It's great. The best bit is Zoe not understanding what's going on. <laughs> I love Zoe. Me we too. decided when she came on the my answer insane with Fembrain, we would say, like, look, if we don't find anybody else, why don't the two of us just get married and go and live together and go trainer shopping every day? <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah, yeah, I love Zoe very much. Me too, she's very she's funny. Sweet. She is, and so are you, mate, so are you. Oh, thank you. So this will go out tonight, but thank you very much, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thanks for having us. So nice. Insane in the membrane. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.